Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome back to part three. And that's the third part and the last part of adrenal gland. And I spoke last time about metastatic disease, or at least I mentioned it, and said that when you think about malignancies, adrenal carcinoma is very rare, primary adrenal carcinoma, that is. Metastases are very common, or more common. Metastases have a variable size and appearance. Uh, certain tumors, lung, breast, renal, melanoma, are the classic things that give metastasis. Good examples, melanoma is very common with bilateral metastasis, but so is renal. Melanoma can give very large metastasis, can give smaller ones as in this case, shown very nicely here. Renal cell is one I always think about when I see vascular lesions. Very nice example of vascular metastasis in this case in a patient with a, right ne with a partial left nephrectomy. You can see very impressive vascular lesions very nicely shown on the 3D imaging as well. When you have clear cell renal cell carcinoma, those are the ones that typically give the vascular metastasis, and you can see it in this case as well, and not only is the metastasis to the adrenal vascular, but the metastasis to the left periodic nodes of vascular, and here it is again on the coronal 3D volume rendered view. So when your primary is vascular, like clear cell, whether it's lung, bone, adrenal, stomach, colon, prostate, you name it, it's going to be vascular in nature. Another example, bilateral large adrenal metastasis. Could this be melanoma? Yes, this was renal cell carcinoma. Could this be lung cancer? The answer is yes. So the size and appearance is typically not very specific, though as I mentioned, vascular, I'm always thinking about lung. Um, sometimes, but usually I'm thinking about renal cell carcinoma. I should mention in a patient with no known malignancy, vascular adrenal lesions bilateral can be pheochromocytomas. Remember, pheos are bilateral in 10% of cases. And here's just another nice example of a small left metastasis, five millimeters. I mentioned melanoma is my favorite for large metastasis, and here's an example of melanoma, non-contrast, and then with contrast relatively hypovascular but very large but again that's not all that specific right this could be renal cell this could be something else but a very nice example of melanoma and here it is again on the coronal views so think melanoma when you're thinking about large bilateral adrenal metastasis again another example vascular adrenal primary and i like to show this one rather renal primary and this one to show you how small the primary tumors can be uh, from metastatic disease under five millimeters. Now, I mentioned pheochromocytoma a couple times during these sessions, so let me talk about that specifically. It's called the great mimicker because of varied clinical imaging and pathologic appearances. Pheos, peak age is 40 to 50. Remember the rule of tens, 10% multicentric, 10% extra adrenal, 90% of the extra adrenal and near the organ of zircocondyl, 10% are malignant. Uh, these tumors secrete catecholamines, which results in hypertension, elevated plasma catecholamine levels in 24-hour urine VMA and metanephrine levels are elevated in nearly all cases. When you look at pheos, 90% are sporadic and 10% are part of syndromes. The syndromes you think about are von Hippel-Lindau, MEN type 2, neurofibromatosis type 1, and pheochromocytoma paraganglioma syndrome.
There's been several articles, this article actually from Hopkins made the point that although we like to think of theos as hypertension and so people should be symptomatic, we actually saw over a seven year period more patients with incidental theos than with symptomatic theos. 70% of new surgically proven theos were incidental findings. So you can see it's not like what we think, which is, oh, it must be hypertension. And yes, when it's hypertension, that's great, but that's not always going to be the case. Article by Kim, Theo's round, 1 to 10 centimeters in size, most are in the 3CM range. Tumors are complicated by degeneration, hemorrhage, necrosis, fibrosis, or cystic change. They've been named the imaging chameleon. They can mimic adenomas, carcinomas, or metastasis. Kim goes on in that article, 5% of adrenal incidentalomas are pheo, although initial reports found that 11% of pheos were found incidentally with increased use of CT. It's probably closer to maybe even 60%. Okay, very, very important. Now, a couple of comments. We always use IV contrast. That's how we diagnose pheo. In the old days with the uh, ionic contrast material, it was contraindicated, and that's never the case anymore. So I should get rid of this slide, but I always mention it for memory's sake. Um, IV administration of non-ionic contrast is safe, and you see it in this article here, and it also is very clear in the ACR guidelines. Now, a couple things about pheos. 10% have calcification, they're vascular, have a washout value that matches adenomas. So one of the challenges of pheochromocytoma is they do have washout values. So we speak about washout values with adrenal lesions, but pheos can have washout values as well. So in this case, mass right adrenal could be almost anything, but look how vascular this lesion is on the axial and on the coronal and on the MIP imaging. So it's very important to remember that if a lesion enhances above 110, surely above 120 at 60 seconds, we assume it's a pheo. Adenomas never enhance more than 110. Some people say 120, I say 110. Adrenal pheos wash out very quickly, so the fact you have a washout doesn't mean anything. You can see a washing out here. Another example, look at the large right adrenal pheochromocytoma with central necrosis. Here it is some coronal views. Another pheo. Pheos can be cystic. This one's three centimeters. You see rim enhancement. You see it's cystic and solid. Very nicely shown. So you got to think about cystic pheochromocytomas as well. Very, very nice example of such a lesion. I mentioned about incidental pheos can be large. This lesion here, I could have thought about a carcinoma. I could have thought about hemorrhage. This ended up being a pheo. Now I have to admit it's not my first guess because there's no vascularity, it's just a big cystic mass, septation, some nodularity, but this was a pheochromocytoma. Another example, cystic pheochromocytoma. At first glance it almost makes you think this is going to be a hemangioma, but it's not. Some enhancement, very cystic in nature. And you can see right there, it measures just over six centimeters. And here it is, another case, 
patient with bilateral theos. Now, patient with bilateral theos, I mentioned 10% of the time, but it's more common with syndromes like neurofibromatosis. And you can see even in this scenario, one lesion, the left one is cystic, one lesion is solid, the right one is solid. So the lesions will vary in appearances a bit, even the same patient, the same tumor type. So something to think about. I mentioned 10% of theos are extra-adrenal, most common organ of zircocondyl, which is by the aortic bifurcation. Beautiful example here of an organ of zircocondyl. Uh, classic location. Very important point. If you don't see an adrenal mass and you want to rule out a theo, you've got to scan down to the symphysis. Organ of zircocondyl, as well as looking at the pelvis, and sometimes we see bladder theos. Here's another example of a pheochromocytoma of the organ of zircocondyl, very nicely shown sitting at the aortic bifurcation. Or here's a patient where the pheo was in the bladder. Polypoid lesion, every single time I would tell you bladder cancer, bladder cancer, bladder cancer. With the history, this was a pheo. Typical thing is the patients pass out when they urinate. Very classic history. Beautiful example couple other things, extra-adrenal pheos or paragangliomas, homogeneous or heterogeneous hyper-enhancing masses, 1 to 20 centimeters, locations from the carotid body to the aortopulmonary region, posterior mediastinum, to organ of zircocondyl and the pelvis. So again, an important lesion, but again from a protocol perspective, if you don't see a pheo, if you don't in the adrenals proper, if you don't see a mass in the adrenals, you've got to look further. Couple questions as we end this talk. Is there anything on the horizon for adrenal imaging? 3D imaging becomes important, and we've written some articles that are about to be published talking about this because of laparoscopic surgery. These days, the, the technique of choice for the adrenals, unless contraindicated, is laparoscopic surgery. And so, with laparoscopic surgery, there's limited fields of view. CT can be very valuable. We also talk about the role of CT in being able to triage lesions to benign or malignant. The reasons you won't do laparoscopic surgery, the lesion's way too large or you suspect malignancy. This article we published makes it clear that if you say it's not malignant, it's not malignant. So remember that. We also are using dual energy and people using dual energy perhaps to better characterize adrenal nodules. The results for that have been as Larry David would say, eh. Anyway, concluding then, CT is a study of choice for valuing the adrenal glands. Most adrenal lesions are benign. The CT appearance alone may help determine the etiology of the pathology, particularly when it's combined with the, um, with the um, history. So again, it's very important when you're looking at the adrenals, Get clinical histories, the patient hypertensive, do they have a known malignancy? Have they have a, had a known malignancy? Is this an incidentaloma? What's going on? And I think you'll be very, very uh, good at then defining the lesions if you're able to do it. Now, I thought I would just end up the talk, the talk's over so you can go home, but let me just show you a couple points I wanted to make. One is about pheos. Here's a good example of a left adrenal mass, that's a pheo. Could this be a carcinoma? The answer is yes. Could it be metastatic renal cell carcinoma? The answer is yes. You can see it washes out pretty quickly, but so can metastatic disease. Sometimes you see masses like this. What is this? Well, you can go through a few possibilities. It's only left adrenal, but what you also see is a mass by the pancreatic head, 
and then you say what involves the peripancreatic region and the adrenal, then you gotta say lymphoma. So I mentioned before that when you see an adrenal mass, look around, look at the chest for possible malignancy, look in the abdomen, but also lymphoma is a possibility. When we say lymphoma of the adrenal, we typically think about primary adrenal lymphoma, which is bilateral masses and no other findings. But to see a primary adrenal mass, which is a lymphoma, and see extensive adenopathy, as in this case, is not going to be very uncommon. So with that, I've been able to share with you a few extra slides, a few extra comments, and I'll see you next time. Catch you later. Bye.